Welcome to Greenways, a podcast sharing stories and equipping real-world Jesus followers to see the kingdom of God break into the vocational space where they lead. And welcome to episode three of Greenways podcast. I'm here with Johnny Campbell and Gareth McLean. And you are really welcome. We love the fact that you're journeying with us in our running, rambling conversations <laughs> uh, as we seek to see Belfast and Northern Ireland come to life in the power of God. Johnny. Amen. Yes. How's the running going, brother? Running's going well, Gareth. I've, I'm massively enjoying the increase in temperature. You've shed, you've shed a layer? I've shed a layer, yes. Excellent. I am a very much a solar-powered runner. As it gets warmer, I get quicker. You're more of a, a wind-rain-powered runner. I yeah, think. the worse the weather is, the happier I am, really, <laughs> to be honest. There's something twisted in me. You like to see your breath. I like to sweat through my clothes. There you go. Yeah. A visual image our listeners don't need. Wow. What's happening today? <laughs> Maybe they do. Um, so today we're going to talk about leading in. So... Yeah, leading in is just this uh, thread of conversation between ourselves about, uh, I guess, living a, a deep life and pursuing a life of significance. I um, I just noted this down. Will Vanderhart, who has really inspired me, he he does a lot of work for HTB. Um, he said this once. He said, "Our our lives are shallow, false, and self-absorbed." Um, and he said, most of us like to think, no, 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 that that would that's not me, um, and that's certainly not what I want. But actually, very, very few of us have that kind of power to make a decision like that. Our habits and rituals will form us. And for most of us, our habits and our rituals are shallow, false, and self-absorbed. Um, and he said, the pattern for New Testament Christian living is deep, authentic, and other-orientated. And I suppose I, I, mm. I've just... Um, I like that. Yeah, I guess I have discovered the uncomfortable truth of what he's saying in my 20s, that actually I, I do have a lot of habits and rituals that are shallow, false and self-absorbed, and I want to pursue something else. So, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about what it means today, I hope, to live a deep, authentic, other-orientated life in the pattern of Jesus. And um, we're starting with prayer and fasting. Why did you pick those? <laughs> did, did I pick them? Did I, I think you did. I did pick them, my goodness. Uh, we pick prayer and fasting because I honestly believe that it is one of the disciplines that Jesus practiced, modeled and assumed his followers would do. And it's also probably the most difficult one or the one we avoid the most. Mm. So I thought, let, let, let's just go there. Um, and let's just talk about it. Is fasting part of your rhythm? Is it becoming part of your rhythm? Yeah, every night from 10 <laughs> until 6 in the morning, I sure. fast. Uh, no, I, a couple of years ago, I felt really challenged about this and I have since then attempted, now I don't always do this, but I've attempted to build in a day's fasting once a month where I don't eat. I still drink liquids, but I don't eat for 24 hours and uh, pray in those spaces. Um, probably one of the, 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 the most inspiring things I, I read about or thought about or I didn't think about it was given to me, mm. John Tyson, who's a pastor over in America, he said in a sermon uh, about fasting, fasting is not the goal. Fasting is the doorway to the goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was brilliant because, you know, we get so gung-ho about, I'm going to fast today. Yay, I fasted today. Look at me. Check mm -hmm. me out. I made it. And, and, and miss the fact that it's actually all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, Heidi Baker, another awesome um, just Christian leader on the mm -hmm. global scene. Um, she 
talked about and said that we don't fast to get more of God. We fast to get more appetite for God. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> got to at least try this. So I've been trying to do it often, I feel, mm-hmm. um, but I do have an aspiration to have a daily fast once a month. Wow. I tend to list fasting among uh, an, a sort of um, inventory of practices in the life of Jesus, Sabbath, solitude, rest, food around the table with friends, studying the scriptures, all that stuff. But I, I make it in the list um, and it just it just sits there, you know. Yeah, food I, around the table with friends is the top and <laughs> fasting to the bottom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fasting is sort of all of those moments during the day when I'm not eating. Yes, no question for you, Johnny. In the run-up to Mm -hmm. today's podcast, did you feel any pressure to fast? I didn't, no. I visited McDonald's for lunch and last night when I was hungry, I actually summoned a a man to come to my doorstep with Deliveroo because I'm on free deliveries at the minute with Deliveroo. And I mean, the spa is literally across the road. (laughs) I use it as a cupboard, um, but I just felt like the sun was shining, it was warm. I didn't want to leave my front doorstep, so... So you're doing your bit to create employment in Belfast. It's exactly, good, I love it. Yeah. Listen, guys, we are delighted to have a really good friend of ours, uh, Laura Bell, who is a church leader over at CFC in South Belfast and church planter there, actually, as well. Uh, Laura is just this wonderful, godly um, Christian woman who is pretty experienced and thought through and practiced in the area of prayer and fasting. She's going to share a little bit with us, so we're going to have her on in a second. We're super excited to have Laura with us today to ask her some... We're going to grill Laura Gareth, aren't we? Absolutely. Loads of questions for her. Maybe grill is the wrong analogy to use. Sauté? Sauté. Well, we're going to talk about fasting, so we're going to have to come up with some non-food-related analogies and metaphors. Um, we're going to start today, Laura, just by asking you some questions, and you only use one word to answer, so you can either have yes or no. And you guys are saying you're good friends of mine, and you expect me to answer things with one word, I, okay? I, I, I get okay. that, and you're it's a preacher. A, and, and I was going to say it. it was great to be here, but now I'm not so sure. It's just to get you warmed up, so let, let's, let's play some yes or no. Am I going first? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going first, apparently. So, pretentious coffee. Yes. You ever been to a Linfield match with Paul Reid? No. Do you run? Depends on what I'm running for. (laughs) Or from? (laughs) Or from, yes. Uh, The Book of Leviticus? No. Dry robes? Yes. Mm, Interesting. Now be very careful here. Socks in bed? Yes. Horrifying. Yes. You're, you're the first person That's to jump on that one. hand grenade. Always. Okay, okay, okay. What about 10p mix-ups? Oh, yes. I am a huge sweetie fan. What, what is your sweetie of choice? Well, anything that comes in jars. Do you know those wee paper bags and you get them weighed out? Oh, and yeah. Oh, old school, that. Yeah. Old school, all the old, old school. school. Oh, I used to go up to the shop with 20p, you know, uh-huh. and I get the wee 10p or 20p mix-up. I love them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Fizzy cola bottles, that's my oh, go-to. Yes. Mm. And oh, you ordered so them good. in quarters, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever drawn a Twix? No. No. Do you use filters on Instagram? Absolutely not. <laughs> I barely use Instagram, never mind filters. <laughs> Okay. Listen, love it. Thank you. Just a wee bit of fun at the start. Um, Laura, 
we, we know you really well. I've known you for years. Um, but our listeners, maybe not so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about you and Jesus. Great. Well, I am from the glorious North Coast. I moved to Belfast when I was 18 to study at Queen's and I've lived here ever since. Um, married my childhood sweetheart, Chris, who you guys know as well. Mm-hmm. He's an architect and we've been married for 12 years. So we like I was a child bride. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not <laughs> that clearly, old. Obviously, yeah. That makes me sound really old. So we have two girls, Maeve, who's five, and Fia, who's four. Um, our church family, CFC, as Johnny said, and I'm the pastor in CFC in South Belfast. Me and Jesus, that is a very interesting journey. Well, I actually got to know Jesus, not through like a person or a prophet or a pastor or a preacher, anyone like that, but through a paperback gospel of Luke. Wow. So yeah, so this is kind of like the story of Jesus in this little flimsy kind of tattered book. My sister Nicola, who Gareth, you're very good friends with, um, she became a follower of Jesus years before me. And she was like, Laura, you need to know Jesus. He has changed my life. He is amazing. And of course she was right. But I was a rebellious teenager and I thought that I knew better. So I defied her, but I could not shake the sense and I suppose the evidence in her life that Jesus was real Mm -hmm. because she was completely transformed, completely Mm. different. And I could see that she had so much life and joy and just contentment. And so I basically army crawled like into her room, like sort of going, is she here? Is she not? <laughs> so that nobody would see me, stole this little paperback gospel of Luke oh. out of her bookshelf. And I stole a, a gospel. There Isn't that go. like really crazy? So stole this little paperback gospel of Luke and just read it cover to cover, cover to cover. Could not get enough. And actually what really stuck out to me in this kind of little biography of Jesus was that it just kept saying that when Jesus saw people, that he looked on them with compassion, that Mm. he reached out and he Mm. touched them. And I think for me, that just captivated me. It was a sense of the love of God, of the compassion of God, of a God who comes to us, embraces us, who wants us. And so for me, I was in this real season of you know, questioning purpose and why and why am I here and what's all this about? And reading that gospel really answered those questions. And so I actually got down on my knees in my room by myself Mm. and just gave my life to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I love you. I can see that you love me. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I don't really know what that means. Um, And I remember kind of going, what do you do now? Do you know, like, I, I don't know what happens now, but feeling totally different feeling joy for the first time, feeling this sense of purpose for the first time. And I remember going to school, told my sister, Nicola, she was just over the moon. Like, I I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. She's like, what? This this is a shocker. I, um, I can just picture yeah, her yeah. buzzing and bouncing off the walls. Yeah. It was incredible because literally, like, he breathed life into me. Like, I I was nowhere with God. I My whole life was going in, in, in the wrong direction, even then in my late teens. And I think Nicola was just so amazed Mm. because she'd been praying for me. And it was this sense of just hope and life and new life. And I remember kind of after school being like, what do I do now? And walking down through the town in Coleraine, um, finding like the nearest church that had all these youth activities. So this is how I got involved in the Presbyterian Mm -hmm. Church. They had this incredible youth ministry, walking in, knocking on the door and saying, I've heard there's a Bible study here today. And that was kind of my entrance into the church, youth into discipleship. Dream. I was just thinking yeah. that. Youth pastor's dream. <laughs> pastor it was incredible. It was a joke. And the wee interesting thing on that is my now husband, Chris, was in that room in the Bible study. Oh, come on. I know, I know. That is one of the coolest conversion yes. stories. Uh, you know, the commando crawling in, oh, smuggling out the gospel of Luke. 
get in safe and then not quite knowing what to do next. That's yeah. brilliant. I yeah. love that. I love that. What about church leadership? Well, that has been a journey in itself as well. I uh, The thing is, I never wanted to be a church leader. And when I say mm. that, people are surprised because it's all I've really ever done. But yeah, to, to be, be honest... Fair, I think Johnny's the only person I know that actually wanted, wanted to it. be yeah, and aspired to. <laughs> but you know what? There are so many people who are like, I just want to be in ministry. I want to be in church leadership. And it seems like this attractive thing for me. It was anything but that. To be honest, most of my wrestling in life has been around church leadership and me mm. not really wanting to do that. It's something that I have run away from mm-hmm. um, and uh, most of my life. But I know that to do that would have been disobedience. Mm. Um, my journey into church leadership probably started actually with prayer and fasting, which is mm. what we're going to be talking oh, about today. So again, that's a, a little like a I little like I know it's a bit ironic, really. So in lower sixth, I just come to faith. I had no Christian mates. So imagine coming the whole way through school. I was sort of into sports and all those sorts of things. So I, I was in a whole other world. I wasn't in that scripture union world, wasn't in that church world, didn't have any Christian friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, God, you know, I, I just need a Christian friend. I need somebody who, to show me what it looks like to follow you. And uh, start at lower sixth, first day, there was this girl who I'd never seen before in our school sitting in my form class. And I went over to talk to her and very quickly she told me she was a Christian and we just hit it off. And her church tradition practiced prayer and fasting regularly. Mm-hmm. So this was introduced into my life at that very first sort of stage of discipleship. So we were these two young, passionate Christians who'd been saved and we were really, really hungry for God and hungry to see him at work in the lives of those around him. So we actually began to fast and pray. And how old were you at this stage? I was about lower six, so like 16, oh, 17. Yeah, and like we actually began to fast and pray two to three times a week, mm-hmm. every single week. And this looked like getting to school early. So our form bell went off at quarter to nine. And I remember putting in, do you remember portable mini disc players? Did oh, you yeah, ever yeah, have a yeah, mini yeah, disc? Yeah, oh, yeah. I. Yep. So it was like all, all the beats. It was all DC mm-hmm. talk, delirious, you know, all this. And I remember putting my mini disc player in and uh, walking over to school and, and getting in and praying before the bell would ring. And then at lunchtime, we would fast our lunch and we would pray again. And what was really interesting is this kind of brought about like a holy curiosity in like our Mm. friendship group Mm. because not everybody were Christians and I had been somebody who was quite popular in school and well known in school but I wasn't a follower of Jesus and all of a sudden Laura was fasting and praying and all of a sudden my life was oriented around this Jesus and so people would join our prayer group people who were non-Christians would come and pray with us because there was this curiosity and so um, at the end of that year we actually organised an outreach in the university in Coleraine and Mm -hmm. Alan and Catherine Scott came and sort of spoke and and led worship and we saw 36 of our friends come to faith Mm -hmm. and that kind of started out of prayer and fasting and this sense of being hungry for the things of God being like desiring God to move move in your everyday move in your friendship groups move in your school move in your family and and things just began to shift and change and then one of the other outcomes of the prayer and fasting was this sense of clear direction around my next step vocationally. And this is where church leadership mm, comes in. Okay. So this was part of what we were fasting and praying for because at that time we were filling out our UCAS forms. Now, I don't even know if UCAS mm-hmm. forms still exist, but they did then. And so um, I really wanted to seek God in that process. And um, at the time I was part of the Presbyterian Church, as I mentioned, and I felt that I should go and study theology. So I ended up in the Presbyterian Theological Seminary, seminary here in Belfast. Because I, I was there when you were there. That's yeah. right. Yes, yes. Slip of the 
little little mature mature student. Apart from the fact I was very old at that stage. In, in the Presbyterian cemetery. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, no, no, it wasn't like that. But I uh, know. So yes, no, there was a few there that were actually alive. Yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> there was so we were we were both there at the same time you're right Gareth and um, I suppose it was because my heart like God had given me in this heart to for the church mm-hmm. you know and as I said didn't grow up in a family that was mad about church or faith or anything like that and I think at that early age coming into the church I loved the church I loved the family you know and I actually had this desire to serve and I just mm-hmm. always find myself serving and um, and I you know as I was seeking God, that came out more and more, this this mm-hmm. desire to serve the church, to love the church. And um, so I went and I started filling in my UCAS form and I put down to go to study theology. And um, that was quite an interesting point because I was one of those straight A students at school. And I went to one of those schools that they love to kind of have people like becoming doctors oh, and lawyers. Yeah. Do you know Showcase, what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like an absolute shocker. So my teachers actually like had an intervention with me. So oh. they brought me down and a number of them were like, now we're, we've seen what you put in your UCAS form. <laughs> And while this is only your mock form, (laughs) (laughs) so they were like, wow, this is so at that point, like I had to sort of confidently, you know, express Mm. what God had put in my heart and actually say, I know that this doesn't make sense. I know that you can't see why I would do this, but Mm. I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been seeking God. And I know that this is the right course for me. My parents got involved and they were like, what are you doing? Again, I had to articulate that. And so there was this sense of, you know, this this forming of, of vocation around mm-hmm. church in me. And then in my fourth year after I'd studied my theology degree, I was training in a church down in Balnehinch. And this was just an incredible year for me, incredible year of growth, serving the church, fantastic pastors in the church there and learning from them. And near the end of that year, the eldership offered me a sponsorship and a full um, support basically to go and return to theological college to complete my ministry training for ordination. And again, I returned to fasting and praying and said, God, is this what you want? Is this mm. the door that you want me to step through? And at that time, and you you mentioned it, Johnny, I'm a deserter from the Presbyterian <laughs> Church. At that time, I felt like that wasn't the door for me to mm. go through. And the Lord led me to CFC mm. and Paul Reid offered me a job. And that was about 12 years ago. And mm. I have been there ever since. I'm so thankful for the church. I'm so thankful for the family of God. Listen, we are going to get into some... Um, depth and questions around prayer and fasting especially in a moment before we do i'm a dad i've got three kids and two of those kids are girls one of those girls has got the most amazing curly hair but it's hard to tame you have awesome curly hair what product do you use Oh, do you know what? I know your girls and they are absolutely gorgeous. And the funny thing about curly hair, as you know, it is hard to tame. And it's also very unique because GHDs have basically made it like an endangered species, you know. Um, If I had a pound for every time someone came up to me and asked, is your hair real? Like not, not is your hair natural? Is your hair real? You know. (laughs) But anyway, my my favourite product would be Curls Rock by TG. There we go. So you can pass that one on. There we go. We'll be back in a minute to chat some more. Not so much about curly hair, but about prayer and fasting and food and Jesus. So see you soon. So Laura, you 
belong to CFC and one of the like so much about CFC that I love and I've got good friends there but one of the things I love is you guys have these rhythms of prayer and fasting built mm. in to the the life of the church and the liturgy of the church um but you discovered prayer and fasting long before your time in CFC and I, I guess the question I want to ask and I think the guys want to hear is what have you seen in the Bible that has convinced you that fasting and you building fasting in as a rhythm to your life is an important thing to do? Yeah, so such a great question. And yeah, for us, it's very much a part of our DNA. But I think it would be really good if I gave a little bit of a biblical framework around the practice of fasting so we can kind of mm-hmm. jump off that and use that as a foundation. So we begin in Genesis with this idea of what it means to be human. And then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Mm. So this basically tells us what it is to be human, that we are made from the things of the earth. And here it says that we're literally made from the dust and that we are also made from the breath of God. And it says here, the word is the ruach. Mm. So this means the spirit. So as humans, we are made from dust and spirit. So we're physicality and we're spirituality. We're material and we're immaterial. We're an integrated being. So we have a body. But actually, we are more than that. And we need to kind of wrap our head around that or fasting will not make any sense to us. Fasting acknowledges this integration, this being of physical and spiritual parts together. And we do it because something has went wrong. That's why we Mm -hmm. fast. And because when we turn the page, you and I know to Genesis 3, something went wrong Mm -hmm. in our humanity. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die. Big lie. The serpent says to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. Mm. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And so we know that story goes on and we call that the story of original sin. Isn't that right? And this is what Ignatius says. He says that sin is the inability to trust that what God wants for me is only for my deepest happiness. Mm-hmm. Food is the means by which this temptation becomes a reality. And that says something about the human wow. condition, that our desires have now become distorted. The mm. things that we want, the things that we desire, the things that we would choose, that we would desire and choose things that are not good for us, that actually would take the place of God's goodness in our lives. So also notice here in this story that there's an inversion of God's good creation. So God gives humans the rulership or this idea of dominion over the animal kingdom and the plant life. As human beings, it says that we rule over these things. But here, human beings are ruled by what? The serpent. Mm -hmm. That's the animal kingdom, the fruit the plant world. So this is actually an inversion now of the creation of God, of the good creation of God. Now creation has power and authority over humanity. Humanity does not have power and authority over creation. So something has gone wrong. And it's it's all in and around this idea of our desires and our urges, the things that we want and we desire. So who will liberate us from this? 
Who will free us? Who will give us victory in the middle of this thing that's gone wrong? I feel like you're going to say Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nine out of ten, Sunday school answer, Jesus. So let's jump together to Matthew 4. And this really is where we see this picture of fasting coming to the fore. It says this in Matthew 4, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, like... You, you would be, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? Mm. Um, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So all the biblical commentators say here that this is Jesus literally replaying the Genesis 1, 2 mm-hmm. and 3 story. And you've maybe heard that before. So here is Jesus face to face with the tempter, says that he is face to face with the devil, with Satan, like Adam and Eve were face to face with the serpent in the garden. The temptation on the surface is food, Mm -hmm. but we know that it's so much deeper than that. This is about desires, Mm. it's about urges, Mm. it's about the distortion of those things. And we also know, let's be honest, that Jesus succeeds where Adam and Eve fail. So, and even let's be honest, where you and I fail, we were defeated but he is victorious. And in his overcoming, he makes available to us this way of life in his kingdom under his rule and reign that is a way of freedom. It's a way of liberty. It's a way of wholeness. This is the kingdom of God. And how did Jesus succeed where Adam and Eve failed? Fasting. It says that after prayer and fasting for 40 days, he was hungry and we expect that, but that he was strong. He wasn't weak. He was spiritually strong. He had the power and authority over his own body to withstand the temptations that were coming his way. He begins his kingdom work with fasting. This is actually the first story that we hear of Mm -hmm. Jesus' adult ministry and he starts it with fasting. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense of his kingdom coming with fasting. Remember, Jesus knew the reality of the spiritual realm better than anyone else. He knew the spiritual warfare that was going to be waged over humanity that's constantly going on. And he knew that he was about to be in the heat of that battle. And what did he do? He fasted. Fasting and prayer strengthens us in the face of temptation to live in the freedom of Christ and to be people of his kingdom in the kingdom of the world. I have so many questions. Yeah, so do I. My head's blown. I love it. I have a lot of questions. Part of me's thinking, Johnny, you probably want to go to Laura's church and just learn under a proper minister. Yeah. Pastor, pastor, pastor. <laughs> I have not I have I have not heard too many people or read too many books um in which somebody has has taught from Genesis one through a kind of theology of fasting. Mm. That is so interesting. I, I love what you did there in terms of the fall inverted yes the mm-hmm. created order because we often talk about god's upside down kingdom that's coming, right but actually god's putting the the world the right way around that's right because it was inverted and our human desires that we think are culturally normal are actually the things that are upside down that's right well, that's awesome i always talk about you know the kingdom of god puts everything that is wrong to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm you know, and that's what that's what God is doing here. Literally, mm-hmm. the fall and our desire to go our own mm-hmm. way put everything wrong. Yeah. Listen, we, we're going to geek out in theology because <laughs> we are theologians and we can sit and riff on this stuff for three hours yeah. as Where people geeky, tune out. Yeah. L- let's move into a practical place with these okay. questions. Okay. <laughs> I'll set all of those other questions aside. <laughs> I can see. For one I know my mind's just ticking over at 100 miles an hour. You, you have a face on you like Santa didn't bring the presents yeah. you wanted. 
it's just it's the, it's this it's this idea that that food I just so fascinated by that that food is like the presenting thing on the surface mm-hmm. but it's actually about like deep spiritual warfare underneath there and about about a question of authority and priorities and autonomy and freedom and gosh yeah talk about it all day <laughs> practically um Laura how how hard do you find it to fast and are there different ways of fasting from food is there an easy way yeah no <laughs> well like do you know when you've asked me that question and all i can think about is a really northern irish answer it's deadly like it's okay. absolutely yeah, deadly but i think do you know what that actually points to the spiritual reality yeah. of fasting good to say it's, it. yeah it's, it's, it. it's actually about you know denying our flesh yep. it's actually about that kind of you know crucifying mm-hmm. you know of our, our human nature it's about saying do you know what god I'm not coming under the lordship of my desires, of my flesh, of this this kind of humanity. But Lord, I'm coming under your your lordship, mm-hmm. your kingship, and so um, it's really, really, really difficult. But this is kind of what inspires me. You know, I think you know in Matthew six, Jesus teaches his disciples about fasting, and he opens with this: "When you fast." Yeah, it's not optional. I know it's not optional. Yeah. But the thing is, it was never commanded in the Bible. So, uh, you know, this this is what really surprises a lot of people. It doesn't say, specifically command it, like mm-hmm. you have to fast mm-hmm. or you need to do this. Mm-hmm. However, Jesus says when you fast, not if, but when. Mm-hmm. There is this assumption that the disciples will fast just as they give and they pray. So this is in mm-hmm. that kind yeah, of portion yeah. of scripture. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's really interesting because remember, Jesus knows what we need. Jesus knows what we need to be people of his kingdom in the world. And so if we trust in that, and if we if we trust in his faithfulness in that, this means building fasting into my life, no matter how much of a challenge I find it. Mm. And actually in doing that, we're strengthening our spirit and we're, mm-hmm. we're living as people mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So like, um, if you set out on a fast, are you walking into a day or a couple of days and literally eating and drinking nothing? Yeah, it's like for me, I I think fasting needs to be fasting food. It needs to be giving up food. I know a lot of people talk about you can fast this, that and the other. And I think those things are good. And I think those things probably are positive and they can be fruitful. But I think this type of fasting that we're, we're talking about here and that we see throughout the Bible, it's about fasting yep. food. Yeah, I and with you on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, food is good in, good in and of itself. We're not saying mm-hmm. food is bad. We're not saying that God hasn't given us good things in the world to enjoy. We're not denying any of that. But it's this idea that we're reorienting our desire desires toward God and we're nourishing ourselves spiritually. So um, the other key thing is it's not just fasting as in giving up food, it's fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there has to be this sense of spiritual, you know, realities are that when you kind of take something away, there's a void, you know, and yeah. it's like, what what do you fill the void with? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's about fasting and prayer. A friend of mine once so said... otherwise, it's about fasting and anger. <laughs> yes, exactly. We, no, we, you mean I'm hangry. hangry. I'm hangry. I'm hangry. <laughs> You know, a friend of mine once said, "Fasting without prayer is just a diet." Yeah, you know? that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I, so I, I've got a question. I, I, I was sold before you came on. I'm totally, <laughs> so I'm not convicted. That I don't do it enough. Um, totally convinced. Fasting is something we should do, have to do, need to do. But here's my question for you. Tomorrow you're going to fast. No, hypothetically, tomorrow is a fasting day for you. You mm-hmm. set your alarm. You wake up. You're holy. So you wake up at half five and <laughs> no, unless you know, my child wakes me. There up. you go. Okay, but whenever you wake up, what does Tuesday look? You're still working. You're still pastoring. Yep. It's not like you're sitting on top of a tower somewhere. You, 
what does it look like for you on a fast day? What is your rhythm of prayer, of not eating, of work, yep. of family? Yep. So I tend to simply replace my regular meals with prayer. So the, I pray in the space mm-hmm. where I would be preparing or eating food. Okay. Right. It's as simple as that. Okay. It's, it's not any more complicated and we don't have to make it any more complicated. And okay. as I've already said, as a church, we do full weeks of prayer and fasting and, and that's a part Aye. of our DNA. So what's that yeah. about? Like, is that like not eating for a whole week? Yeah. So two to three times a year, we, for a whole week, fast so we do not eat food, wow. um, but we do drink. And I, I tend to, you know, in the wintertime, I drink like fruit drinks, you yeah, know, yeah. get the vitamins in, <laughs> make sure to keep the cold off and all that. Um, but some people just drink water, you know, but we, we drink, we drink water, we drink juice, but we do not eat anything. And right. during those days, we meet the prey three mm-hmm. times a day. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, an, again, that regular rhythm of mm-hmm. mealtimes. Yeah, yeah. We replace those mealtimes with a gathering of prayer and of worship. And, and that really is how you stay strong that's the rhythm that you put into your mm. life it's where you've made that space where you have that time where that void is yeah. like we talked about earlier we replace that with prayer and worship wow love that if you had like <clears throat> a, a really really powerful blender could you like could you get a fish Bl- blend a chicken <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you blend like a fish supper from John Dory's down into like a drinkable liquid do you know what no kidding when a I... chicken fried rice <laughs> <laughs> big no, mac through the Nutribullet <laughs> Okay, there's, there was one of the elders like way back he was right right there at the back of the start of CFC and he really struggled with these like weeks of prayer and fasting he used to do full years of fasting in well, CFC and all sorts of things he used to blend fries and all like chicken dinners oh, any, and drink it it was, it was like a liquid diet I think it's cheating Johnny it probably is I, yeah. I, I, I suspect it might be here let, let me ask a question the million dollar question million pound question does it work does, does it work Absolutely. Does but it work? The listeners are going to have to try it out. Does to, it work? To find out, aren't they? Um, well, I think, you know, this is the way I see it. If it brought liberty and freedom to Jesus yep. to overcome, it certainly brings that to us. Yep. And I personally have been blessed with that in my own life as but, I no, have what, fasted and prayed. Tell me what you mean by that because okay. blessed is such a generic Christian word. Yeah, like for me, I've had answers to prayer. Okay. Through okay. prayer and fasting, I'm looking for direction. I'm seeking God for direction. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of, of praying and fasting and we see that actually in the book, book of Acts. You know, the early church seeking mm. God for direction, seeking God for guidance. They're maybe wanting to press into yeah, something. Yeah. They're wanting to make a decision about something but they're asking for guidance from God. Personally, I've heard God speak to me really yeah. clearly through prayer and fasting. It's almost like when we cut out food it's like this liminal space comes in mm. where it's almost like we hear God in a way that we don't before because we're more focused we're yep. more intentional mm-hmm. I like it. we're not distracted in the same ways and we're way we're, you mean when your when your belly starts to rumble <laughs> like you know what I'm saying and when you're feeling really weak you you just pray like you just yeah. pray it's like it's almost like this again it's that holistic being it all kind of comes together one, one serious question one silly question to finish most helpful book you can recommend just the title go for it on fasting. Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pillinger. Oh, oh, I love that book. Yes. Such a book. Yes. Even if you don't like fasting, go read that book. It's so good. Because <laughs> it's not really a book about fasting no, and prayer. Not. But fasting and prayer is like the central feature. Oh, my word. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I think that will inspire anybody about the power that yeah. fasting and prayer brings, yeah. you know, in just everyday life. And when we look at situations and we think, 
how could yeah. how could God break in? Like, yeah. what could be done here? Yeah. And actually, we turn to God and we say, "Not yeah. my will, not my strength, but yours." And Jackie Pillinger chasing a dragon. Cool. That, that, that book actually taught me more about uh, praying in tongues than any other book yes, as well. It's phenomenal, absolutely. guys. Go read that book. It's so so good. Last question, somewhat ironic. Um, <laughs> on a non-fasting day, what's your takeaway of choice? Definitely Indian. Oh, and what right. Indian dish? Well, oh, it, probably something quite mild, like tikka masala, mm. something like that. And give us a restaurant recommendation. Tale of Spice. Oh, yeah. There Have you go. seen? Boom. No. So good. I, 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 can't, I can't do Indian. I like Indian and he doesn't like me. Okay, you, you don't yes, need to I know understand. Why. You we don't, don't, need to we know don't why. want to know why. <laughs> well, we have an Indian that opened virtually on our doorstep. So we're, we're on the Glen Road. So the wee fella opened, you made we family that opened sort of this time last year, actually. And they've done really well. And I need to try to check Johnny that out Johnny and Naomi Campbell have kept them in business. Okay. Have, Over lockdown, yeah, it's been good. Done yeah. well. Cooking for them privately when they'll be closed. <laughs> Nobody joking. Um, we are done. Laura, thank you so much for coming and hanging out on Greenway's podcast. Oh, it's been us. so much fun. Thank you so much, We've guys. We've really enjoyed it. Um, and you guys can find Laura preaching any week over at CFC South. Go and see her. And uh, we love you. Uh, we bless you. Can we pray for you and pray before we wind this up? Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father, we feel challenged today. Challenged about our spiritual rhythms and this idea of prayer and fasting that we we have no doubt is deeply, deeply biblical. And yet because it's so countercultural and so difficult, we avoid it as Christians and as church. But I pray, Holy Spirit, come now and minister to and rest on your people as they listen today. And create a desire within them to go deeper, a hunger for something that is not food. And help each one of us to be disciplined in our spiritual disciplines as we come to you and rest in you, Lord, and receive you. And I pray blessing over Laura and her family, over her ministry. And I ask for your favour on all she does. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, what a treat, Johnny. That was having Laura just to share, teach a little bit as well, which is mm-hmm. quite different for us. Um, but awesome just to go a little deep dive on fasting and some practical stuff. Here's a couple of things just as we as we finish today. The first one is this. Uh, we, we are totally sold and convinced about the idea of fasting and prayer as a discipline in our spiritual life and rhythm and arsenal, if you like. But it's really important if you haven't done this before, that you think, am I healthy? Is there any medical reason why I shouldn't do this? Mm -hmm. And if you are unsure to speak to your doctor, your GP, before you try this, because obviously it could impact you medically. Um, If you are able to, uh, I want to put a challenge out there to our listeners and to Johnny. (laughs) Before our next Greenways podcast in two weeks' time, I want to encourage you to set aside a day for prayer and fasting. And just like Laura said to us, in those spaces where you'd be eating meals, 
um, use that time to come before Jesus in prayer and uh, just see what happens. Mm. It's not a theoretical Christian walk. It's a practical Christian walk and journey. So we are done. An adventure in prayer and fasting. Are we done? I think we're done. We're done. Guys, have a great fortnight and we'll see you soon. Connect with us on social media and share us with your friends. <laughs>